Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am your CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, and my saw through his clever disguise and crushed Sakuta's head right between her thighs. And I'm Andrew, and I'm ecstatic you're stomping on me. The funny thing is that it wasn't even my in that scene where, where they were talking about crushing heads and thighs. Uh, in case you couldn't tell from the title of the episode or uh, the titles we just gave ourselves, it's uh, it's time to talk about uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Almost blanked on the title there for a minute. <laughs> it is a long one. It is. Yeah, it's a long one. It, it's very much like the, the light. Is this a light novel adaptation? Yes. With a title like that, title like this, it has to be. But uh, this one is a quantum physics high school romance. (laughs) I feel like the quantum physics is just a justification for this. It's funny to bring it up, though. It comes into play some in the movie, but you don't have to understand it at all. You just. It's really a scientific justification for how these things could be happening. Yeah. Like you could cut out the quantum physics part of it and then it's just, oh yeah, it's magic. magic. Yeah. It's magic. But yes, uh, I guess I should do a general summary before we start, before we start on other stuff. Uh, This is uh, the story of Sakuta Asazagawa, who is, a guy, he's a student at, uh, I don't remember the name of the high school. Don't ask me to remember stuff like Minigahara High School. Too. I don't remember it either, but they said it a lot. So Sakuta is a student at, uh, at, at high school, <laughs> at high school. We're just calling it that now. Uh, when he encounters a student, another student at his school dressed in a bunny girl costume, who he seems to be the only one who can perceive or remember her. Uh, and this leads to a series of antics involving the various people in his life and the magical realist magical realism involved when their internal problems become externalized through quantum physics, which they call puberty syndrome. So each arc is basically structured as um, a different character developing puberty syndrome and Sakuta helping them get over it. Who's never affected because good for him, I guess. Um, well, I guess never affected that way. Yeah. He, he, well, he's he's always like the one who like is aware of it and like is the one who helps solve it is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Although in the first arc, he does forget my eventually, but but he's, but he's getting into other one. stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is that he's been affected by puberty puberty syndrome already, like. First, I want to talk production, fellas. Uh, this one is an A1 anime, if I'm not wrong. Or Clover works. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of that class of anime where it's like there's nothing wrong with the production, but there's nothing particularly stand out about it either. <laughs> I'll say I think that several times the animation is very well done, mm-hmm. especially when like. It's a character moment, you know? It's just very understated. Yeah. There's there's a lot of nice uh understated character action, especially in like 
really big moments of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, that's where they use a lot of like the the animator's time, I would say. Uh, in terms of music, I didn't really notice it aside from the ED. ED slaps. They made mm-hmm. seven slaps. different versions for this if you count the movie. There was also a TikTok trend with it for a while, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Fair. I do say, I do like the ED and how whichever voice actor is playing the girl that he's helping is like who sings it and stuff. And I just thought that was fun. And it's a very jazzy fun tune. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I. It's like the one song, anime song, that hasn't been put on Spotify that I really wish they would put like the actual version of it. The final version? Like, no, like any or version just of any it. Version. That's fair. It's like, People have put covers up, and they're like they're good, but they're it's not the same. No, I get that. People try and make covers their own, which sometimes works, but sometimes you're like, I just want the original. Yeah. There are some pretty understated things, like Mai always has like something bunny related on her. Like she has a bunny hair clip, and uh, and her phone case is like got rabbit ears on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the two different Futabas, where you know, dress differently. Uh, it's like real subtle things like that. Obviously, like Kaide dresses differently depending on the scene and some stuff that spoilers, but whatever. It's this podcast is full spoilers. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, this is the first show we've watched in a while that doesn't have a dub. Mm-hmm. Not in English, I mean, anyway. It has, a, it has a German dub. new, all things considered. But, but I'm long enough that it should have a dub by now. Yeah. Everything. I'm pretty sure it's older than Kaguya-sama. Really? Yeah. I thought it was relatively recent. Like I mean, it was 2018. Oh, wow. I was thinking it was like 20 Yeah, because I remember this ago. show getting memed back when back when I was on Animemes before I realized that subreddit is a complete shithole. Well, my thing yeah. is that I still see it getting memed, and I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it's good. That's fair. Yeah, and it's... Since I will say part of it is that you can't, well, you like rewatching it doesn't feel like it um, loses any of the charm of it. Like, um, you notice different things and all this, whatever. It's actually better on rewatch. Uh, yeah, because you know what's going to happen, type of thing. Yeah. And you, you would know, the two of us wouldn't. <laughs> you watched this when it first came out, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it when it first came out, and I've read the. I'm caught up on the English light novels. So do we want to get into, like, what this show is about now? Sure. So, um, our first arc is obviously the one that concerns the titular bunny girl senpai. Uh, when Sakata realizes that he's the only one that can still notice uh, my Sakurajima, who... Uh, is a former child star who's getting back into acting. And she goes around, like, he first notices her because she goes around wearing a bunny girl outfit just to, like, see if people notice her. Uh, And he's the only one that does. Uh, So it's about him, like, helping her figure out why she seems to be starting to blend into the background everywhere, why people are forgetting her. Uh, And eventually it's just because, like, you know, her, she's kind of faded from memory and that's kind of affecting her mentally. And so her puberty syndrome manifests as 
her just like being forgotten and ignored by everyone. I feel like it's the opposite. Yeah, because they talk about how the air, like the atmosphere at school is we just ignore my Sakurajima. And so that started blending, bleeding out into the real world. And so mm-hmm. when the reason, like getting into a bit of theory about this, is that the reason Sakuta is able to still remember her for so long is because he ignores the atmosphere most of the time. He's, he's yeah. a guy that does not under, does not like care about the vibes. He's a purely like instinct driven, non vibes driven man. Well, he doesn't care what other people care about him because, um, as he says, as long as one person is there for you, who cares? Like he he says he only needs like two friends and he's fine. Yeah. And also like he has like rumors around him that he hospitalized some of his peers, uh, which isn't true. But like it leads to him just like not really caring what other people think, because what other people think is bullshit, at least in regards to him. I mean, that's the first couple of things is that what other people think doesn't actually matter. Mm hmm. But we'll get to and like another reason he cares so little for the opinions of others is that like the first case of like the chronologically first case of puberty syndrome we see is Kaide, who uh, like got cyberbullied and like had wounds appear on her body. And that's why she doesn't go to school anymore or part of it. Mm-hmm. And Kaide is his sister. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, all this being said. Essentially, my feels ignored at school and so makes herself be ignored everywhere else. And there's something about um they talk about Schrodinger's cat. I'm like, I don't know if this is quite the best example that they could use, but it feels overdone. But essentially it's if something is not observed, it can't exist. Or it can't yes, essentially. Yeah. And so if people aren't observing her <laughs> I mean, but that's something about scientific stuff is that, like, I know when looking at, like, quarks, like, super small particles, you can't observe them because as soon as you do, you're injecting light, which is energy into the system, and then they're not in the state they originally were. So it's, like, very much something that's actually true is that as soon as you observe something, it changes. Mm-hmm. Well, like, there's also, like, if if you shine light at two slits it and measure where the photons are hitting it comes across in a wave as a wave but if you actually observe which slit the photons are going through it comes across as particles yeah the duality of light exit anime no more of this physics shit i gotta say one of my favorite running jokes in this entire show speaking of like the explaining physics i know we just said we weren't doing that um is that like every time uh, Socrates in the science lab talking to Futaba and she's explaining a science concept to him? Uh, there's like something on the Bunsen burner, but it's she's always just like doing something mundane, like making instant coffee or cup noodles or something. <laughs> but she's just heating the water in a beaker with a Bunsen burner instead of like on a hot plate or something. And serving coffee in other beakers and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if they have hot plates. I think they use Bunsen burners, at least in all the anime I've seen. Uh, 
but the the resolution of this first arc is that like basically like Sakuta changes the atmosphere by making a very public declaration of love to Mai and like so like the attention comes back to her. Yeah. Right, of forcing her to be looked at essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's a running theme in this of since Sakuta doesn't care, he shouts like in front of the whole school, hey, I'm in love with my. And he makes a fool of himself to help someone else out sort of thing. Yeah. It's a running thing of Sakuta sacrificing himself to save others. Yeah, but like, and it gets it gets uh, he has to sacrifice more later on because like, you know, for now he's just sacrificing his dignity in high school. Oh, no. (laughs) Nobody has dignity in high school. Yeah, but people try. And one thing I do really like about uh, this first arc is that he meets Tomoe, the subject of the second arc, mm-hmm. in the middle of it. And so, like, she is not as much of like a recurring character as the other like main subjects, mm-hmm. but she's at least around before her arc. And then yeah. we go into her arc. Which is the time loop arc. Oh boy. <laughs> because she uh, keeps repeating this day over and over uh, because of some love triangle shenanigans. She's a country girl and she really wants to fit in in Tokyo and be like a Tokyo girl. Like it's that trope. And so, like, she's kind of the opposite of Sakuta in that she really cares about the atmosphere. And so, this whole love triangle thing is going to. She thinks it's going to fuck up her pretty much social life at high school. And so she keeps redoing the day because she doesn't think it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like his exact opposite in that she's like always on. She These kids today always be on they damn phones uh, <laughs> is basically what Tomoe is like. And Sakuta's like, log off and touch grass. Why don't you? He's not, but <laughs> I just like saying that. I mean, but he's kind of like that, but she's, her response is essentially, I do care what other people think about me. (laughs) And I like how it doesn't just completely dismiss her point of view. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's hilarious that their solution is, oh, we'll just fake date. (laughs) (laughs) For a month. For a month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they plan to break up, like, a couple days after. But they're like, oh, we got to do it during summer break. Say it fizzled out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the second time loop is on my birthday. Nice. <laughs> they keep going to the beach on July 18th. Something I really appreciate about the show is that uh, Mai doesn't just disappear after her arc. Like, she's still a fairly important character to all the arcs going forward. And a lot of shows like this... That's not always the case or like, yeah, I was I was really worried that this was going to be like a harem thing. But like, Mm -hmm. no, he really does stay loyal to her the whole time. Koga. Koga. Koga is the only girl who falls for Sakuta as well. Right. I day arguably (laughs) in Shoko. I don't think Shoko does. Although I don't think Shoko actually exists, but you know, that's a different... We'll get there. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get to that one. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a harem anime. Um, this is 
more of a hey make friends mm-hmm. and therapy for teenage girls slash one teenage boy i think something i think is in like another another thing talking about my is that i feel like almost every arc is advances sakuta and mai's relationship in some way and it almost mirrors them like the problem that that featured girl is going through kind of mirrors a problem they're having at the time yeah like in this one uh right before like in the first time loop sakuta is act finally like getting mai to date him and like he does do it but she always just kind of seems disappointed in the way he does it. Like, like she just doesn't seem completely happy about it. And it's not until the final loop where he goes back to, and gets to get it right. That like, he realizes that, uh, or Tomoe realizes that yes, she likes Sakuta and wants to date him, but she's not considering his feelings and forcing him to relive this last date over and over. And so it ends with Sakuta asking Mai how she feels about him when he asks her out. Right. And part of that's that, um, I think Tomoe asks her or asks Sakuta, well, how does Mai feel? Did she ever say that she loved you back? But yeah. Of the sort of like, hey, relationships are a two-way street here, and the other person, you know, needs to be on board, and you need to consider their feelings. Even if they're trying to be considerate of your feelings, you have to still consider theirs. Yeah. I I did like how this ended by... So, in case you couldn't pick up on this, there's a time loop, then a month passes, and then another time loop. At the end of that second time loop, um, it actually resets to the beginning of the first time loop. Um, and I actually really like that because the first time loop ends with them fake dating. You're like, this is not good. <laughs> you know, like fake dating's never a good thing, in my opinion. Even though it's a fun trope sometimes, but I like how they fixed it and they were like, hey, you need to just turn down the guy that originally asked you out, even if that means you lose your friends, which she does. Um, that's not the end of the world. You can find new friends. All that stuff, which she does. New friends who actually care about you, not who you are, sort of thing. Yeah, she she goes to work at IHOP with Sakuta and Kunimura. Uh, so in Futaba's arc, uh, the deal is that she is split in twain. There are two Rio Rio Futabas running around. Uh, one of whom is living her life at school and also posting, uh, kind of risque selfies to her uh to her social media the other like doesn't have the have a life because like the other one is living it so she's just kind of like wandering around like they find her in an internet cafe late at night and bring her back to uh bring her back to uh the asusagawa apartment and i do love the running gag of like (laughs) of like constantly females home Constantly bringing girls home and Kaide being like, who are these people? Onechan's a gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really talked about Kai. Well, we, we can talk about her at the yeah, end. We'll yeah. get her. Yeah. Uh, but like, so her, her whole thing started with like the cognitive dissonance of 
wanting to be noticed, but also being scared to be noticed. Wanting to stand out, particularly to her crush, Kunimura. Kunimi? I mean, Kunimi's like... I mean, he's he's tall. He's got a good jawline. He's on the basketball team. I get it. No, no, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brief detour there. (laughs) You know what? Speaking... No, just while we're on this topic, there's a lot of... I think it also takes place in like mostly spring through fall, so it's more hot. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it starts in. It must be hot in those blazers. I think it April starts in. Time, yeah. Then it goes to December. Yeah. Beginning of December. December second, technically. But I really like the resolution to her arc because she just like, like she and Kunimi and Sakata all rekindle their friendship. Like they really like just spend some quality time together, like they haven't done for a while. Right, well, she split because it's, like, this thing of, I want, essentially, I want to tell Kunimi how I feel. But I also don't want this to change our friendship. Like, the duality of being scared of something and wanting to do it. Um, and it ends with um, Futaba telling Kunimi, hey, I do care for you, and, like, I have feelings for you. Is we assume that. But I know how I know what the answer is, so don't worry about it, type of thing. And like another thing about this arc is that it's kind of foreshadowed in Tomoe's arc because Sakuta goes to Kunumi for advice, where he's like, "Hey, what if there's a girl who likes me that I like? Hypothetically, she likes me, but there's someone else I like, and it's kind of like, yeah." <laughs> and then, like Kunimi, kind of jokes around, like, "Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're not, we're talking about you, right?" And it, but like, I think he thinks he's talking about him and Futaba. Maybe. I mean, I will say it is known that Futaba likes Kunimi. Yeah. In Tomoe's arc, at some point. Yeah. I think that's when it is. Also, Sakuta creeps on Futaba in the bath more than he creeps on his girlfriend in the bath. Yes, but. I mean, look, if you've seen anime, not animes, like just anime memes in general, you've probably seen some screenshots of this with some funny quotes because. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like some things. My, my impression from the memes was that he was like way more of a gross character than he actually wound up being. Yeah. He just says what's on his mind. Yeah. Which a lot of the time. I also like that he's a, he's a teenage he's a, he's a teenage boy. So what? So what's on his mind is horny. And yes, it is canon that he is a masochist. That is, <laughs> yep. Also, thank fucking god that he's not into his sister in a weird way. Yeah. Yes. His sister is into him, but also his sister isn't really his sister. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Futaba essentially becomes one person again when. She's like, yes, I do want to hang out with these people. I do want to do this, that. You know, the whole I need, I want to be noticed sort of thing. You know, the whole the whole Ava thing. The hedgehog dilemma. <laughs> you know, it's the idea that, like, we want to get close to each other, but we're like hedgehogs. We got little spikes, so we spike each other. If we get close together, gotcha. but we also want to. I mean, yeah, I knew that was like the final two episodes was just that over and over. And yeah, but they bring it up as early as the fourth episode. So gotcha. <laughs> And to to go back to what I said earlier about how like each arc is about like Sakuta and Mai, 
I think this is the arc that introduces Shoko. And I think at one point Futaba asks Sakuta who Shoko is to him. And that's kind of a recurring question throughout the show. And I think like Futaba's arc is kind of reflective of how Sakuta is like still kind of pining for Shoko, but also wanting to move on with Mai. Right. Well, and it's very also similar to Tomoe was also in this situation of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also like one of the things of if you're in a relationship with someone, you're going to learn things about them that you don't love. <laughs> you know, it's not like anybody's a perfect person. So there's things, this, that, or the other that you got to learn and uh, deal with. Uh, so our next arc is the surprise. Uh, Mai's had a sister the whole time arc. I mean, she says it in like arc one. Yeah, she does. But you think I remembered that? And then in like the Futaba arc, there's the scene where Doka's on the show and she's like, oh, yeah, I love my Sakurajima. I didn't put that together. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that was the sister. I just saw her and I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to come in later. Uh, so in this arc, uh, Mai and her half, her younger half-sister uh, wind up switching bodies and having to live each other's lives for a while. So Mai has to live Nodoko's life for a while and vice versa, uh, <laughs> which is which is why I commented earlier that it wasn't actually Mai who was there when Sakuto was talking about getting his head crushed between Mai's thighs. Yeah. So it's technically Nodoko, yeah. Um, but I will say I did like this one because it's it was dealing with the whole thing of being compared to your perfect sibling. Mm-hmm. And how I wonder like, what that's like. I don't know about yeah. that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, um, I did it to myself. Nobody else actually did it to me. Same. I mean, same. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all the younger siblings, aren't we? Yeah, we're all younger siblings. We're all the, we're all the youngest. We're all the younger of two, aren't we? Also, like something that the uh, show doesn't explain is that uh, Nadoka is actually Sakuta's age. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because because. She's his senpai. It's in the title of the show. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, well, it's like, basically, I don't remember if it was like right before Mai was born or like after, but that was when her parents split up. And then like within like a year, he was with another woman and they had a kid. Yeah, because I knew Mai was older, but yeah. Okay. This arc was the one that kind of did it the least for me just because it, Felt the least connected to everything else. Yeah. I think that this relates more. This is the inverse of how everything's reflecting. Oh, Mai's mm-hmm. and Sakuta's relationship. But this is more between Sakuta and uh, his sister. Kaeda. Yeah. Yeah. Of how, like, it seems like he has all this figure out. He's bringing home tons of women type of thing. And she can't leave the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, and how, like, yes, you're proud of them. And you love them, but you also hate them and resent them. And, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, they're just kind of your family. So you just, you don't love them. You don't hate them. 
or more if you do both at the same time. I have a couple of views about family that I kind of disagree with on this of like, hey, if they're not doing it for you, you don't gotta. If it sucks, hit the bricks. <laughs> That's kind of what Nadoka does with her mom. Yeah. Kind of. She guys winds up yeah. moving in with uh, with Mai at the end of the arc. Yeah. Right. Well, but Mai also tells her like, hey, make your mom proud for doing stuff that you want to do, not stuff that she wants to do sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good advice of like, don't live up to your parents' expectations. Meet your own expectations and they'll be proud with that. And if they're not, too bad. If it sucks, hit the bricks. <laughs> so, uh, our last arc is the arc where it finally concerns the initial case of puberty syndrome that uh, started Sakuta caring about the subject, that of Kaide, his sister. Uh, so Kaide's thing, of course, like we said, is that uh, she has... She she gets physical physically wounded by emotional abuse, like she got cyberbullied and like cuts and bruises appeared all over her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, Sakuta gets this like really grisly chest injury, like, and it does not really sure not really clear where it came from. But as we'll see, it's as we'll see, it's tied to the same case of puberty syndrome. Eh. Yes and no. It is. I think it's his own case. It's because he feels guilty that he couldn't take enough care of her or take as good enough care of her because like that's why he's so upset. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the last arc is really focused on her and her really trying to uh, get over her trauma, get over her inability to leave the house. Uh, So it's about her and Sakata going further and further with, you know, going outside, trying to go to school going to the zoo to see the pandas. Uh, but there's a scene when they go to the beach and one of Kaide's old classmates sees her and says, hey, it's me. And Kaide doesn't recognize her. And that's where we get the big reveal that Kaide completely lost her memories uh, after she stopped going to school. Or either right or right before she stopped going to school. Timeline's a little... Um, she lost it when she stopped going to school because that's when yeah, the yeah. incident happened. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the Kaide that we've known for this entire show was not like her original personality because she didn't remember anything. Like she had to relearn who her family was and everything. Right. And like that's why she's that's why she's devoted so devoted to Sakuta is that like he's like literally the only person she really knows or this that Kaide really knows. Because like yeah, she does. She technically knows her like parents and maybe like a doctor or two, but Sakuta is really the only person she's gotten to know at the start of the show. Not only known, but like he he takes care of her mm-hmm. and like. Right, because like um, Kaide ha- going through this this uh, mental break causes her mother to also go through like a psychotic episode, yeah. more or less. Uh, so like essentially like Sakuta and his dad are like, OK, dad, I'm going to take ca- dad. I'll take care of Kaide if you take care of mom. And yeah. so they just like live in their own apartment. Which is Props to this show for like actually having the parents play a role in the story instead of just yeah. like not exist. Right. So it's so it's it's really, really sad. Like because mm-hmm. because like Kaide was like, a, 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 you know, you know, she had some issues, obviously, but she was a person. She had her own personality and everything. And she's just gone because like Kaide's memories come back after uh, after she starts to recover. Uh and so, like, the Kaide that we've known for the entire show essentially dies. 
Well, and that's something that she overheard the doctor say, like, hey, her memories might disappear when the other memories come back. Like, yeah, essentially her personality will die. And that's why she pushes so hard to do a bunch of the stuff of like going to the zoo and stuff, because she wants to do it beforehand. And when she dies, essentially, she wants to make sure that Sekuda doesn't have any regrets. And it's yeah. And it's also kind of like her doing all of this stuff is also what's causing old Kaede to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll kind of like need to not complete your goal, but like she needs to do these things to move on. But man, this arc hit me hard. <laughs> but in the end, uh, so she gets her memory back and like Sakuta goes through like a really serious grieving process for the Kaide that he was the caregiver for for two years. Like it's it's kind of harrowing. <laughs> yeah. And and then Shoko shows up again, and it's really never made clear what she is, which I think is kind of interesting. Well, it's it's revealed in the movie. Oh well, never mind. Oh really? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I will say that like Kaide's claws like oh, reopen up his claw marks that he has mm-hmm. on his chest and it's because mm-hmm. he feels like he can't take care of his sister and that's part of the whole thing about Shoko is that she's been his therapist and he's passed it on to the other people essentially at least that's how I see it but you know the theme of this show is go to therapy <laughs> how many anime plots would not happen if any of the characters just saw a licensed professional counselor a lot of them Yes, like a lot of shows would not happen if the characters went to therapy, but conflict is interesting. So, don't go to therapy if you want to be an anime protagonist. So, something I think is interesting about how the show ends is that uh, in the books, it ends when Mai walks in and sees the note from Shoko. Like, that's the end of volume five, which is the Kaede arc. Oh, and oh then man. The, uh, the whole thing on with Mai's birthday is the beginning of the sixth volume. And so they just kind of moved some things around to just make that the season finale, which I think it works really well as like, if you don't have the chance to see the movie, it makes the show work as like its own piece of fiction. while not just cutting out the movie and being like, oh yeah, it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, I liked the ending of this one. You know, it was, you know, what my favorite little detail of the ending was like earlier on, one of the conversations that Sakata had with his dad, he was like, Hey, you should introduce me to your girlfriend sometime. And then in like the ending montage, there's a scene where my does in fact meet uh, Sakata senior or Asa Sakawa senior. <laughs> hey, this was just a good show. Fun characters, you know, about therapy, what all that stuff, you know. It's um, it's kind of a similar uh vibe to Violet Evergarden, I would say, and that they're both like a lot of this is just about like people like overcoming their trauma or their mental hangups. Uh, not quite as lavishly produced as that show, but it's like kind of got similar kind of cathartic energy. 
Yeah, I think uh, a comparison I would make, and this is more for anyone in the audience who might know, but I've I've always thought of this show as like a monogatari light in that like it's monogatari without a lot of the like weird stuff that makes it monogatari. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I see. I always thought that like Sakuta was a ciscon because the guy from that show is a ciscon. Yeah. And you kept and you called the show Monogatari Light when you were first watching it. Yeah. Ciscon? Uh sister. A dude who wants to fuck their sister. Oh. I think it's it's not explicitly that, but that's usually what it's used for. Cause like uh Sakuta also calls Nadoka a Ciscon. Mm. That's fair. Like, yes, he does have a complex about his sister, but not like a not like a horny one. But this one was really, really good. I recommend it. This is one of my top anime. I don't know what. Number. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it in the top 50? 15, you said? 50. 50. Yeah, definitely 50. I, I honestly don't have any idea anymore. All I know is that like Ava and Trigun are top one and two. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's just in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you liked this, uh, if you like what you heard here, you can follow us on Twitter at Wappercast for updates and occasional funnies about our show. Uh, the results of our poll for this month are in, and our next episode will be on the Cuphead show. You can catch that episode uh, on April 8th. <laughs> uh, and then our next episode after that, which will be dropping on April 22nd, will be on shit. What are we what were we doing? Oh, yes. We're going to go revisit a favorite from the from our days of doing the seasonal beat. Uh, we're going back to uh, we're going back to the case study of Vanitas season two, baby. Back back to bisexual vampires. It's been a while. I miss it. <laughs> Look forward to those episodes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter uh, because after that Cuphead episode, the next poll will go live. So uh, that's all we got for you today. I have been your CEO of Weebs. I've been Chris and Kimi no se, Kimi no se, Kimi no se de watashi uwu. And I've been Andrew. Show me your butt. Beep boop. Ravioli. <laughs>